Well, hello and welcome once again to Love Gospel Live. We call this Love Gospel Live because previously this is a live broadcast that's coming from the sanctuary from Love Gospel Church here in San Antonio, Texas. I'm your host, Richard Boyd. We have a great message for you today. I want you to relax in every way you can. Now, don't get too relaxed, especially if you're driving or if you're out there, but at least begin to zone in your heart and your ears to the Word of God that's going to come forth in the next minute or so. I want to say thank you for being a part of our podcast and say God bless you. You can go to Love Gospel Network. LoveGospelNetwork.com If you want more information, if you want to leave a comment, if you want to hear more of our messages here at Love Gospel Church. Well, let's get right into the program. I know that you're going to be blessed by this word. So I want to talk to you about the bride and the wife. And there is a big difference. A big difference in the Bible. And we'll talk, maybe not get into all that all the way, but I'm going to ask Dee to come up here. And stand, I'm sorry, right over here. Please, Dee, there's a little cardboard down there. You can stand kind of like to the side of it because that's where your wife is going to stand, inside there. So let me talk to you about it. Let me read this, and I'm going to ask. After I finish reading this, somebody can get Josie ready. Then she's going to come out. Ephesians chapter 5, put it up there for them. Now, what I love with this is if you look at verse 21, if you read the Bible, not the way they divide the Bible up with different comments on it, just if you got the whole Bible and just read it without verses and everything, it would read something like this because everybody forgets this part here in verse 21. If you read the Bible, this verse is always, there's always like a paragraph. It's inside because it seems like, not the translators, whoever was do, putting the Bible together that, for that publisher, they thought that was about submitting to Christ. And it is because you can do nothing I'm about to tell you unless Christ is first. If there's no submission to Christ and his word, and the Holy Spirit, there's no, this, this won't even mean anything. One thing we did Friday was I broke, did a breakdown. I have it here. Of, of the, this person brought out three things that hinders evangelism. And the number one thing is we don't pray for God to remove blindness from people's lives. You can sit in church for 40 years and still be blind. In other words, your mind, your soul has to open up to God. Watch this now. Ephesians 5 and 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now that word God is actually Christ. That was the original. But they went ahead and put God. So submitting to one another in the fear of God. So before you can get the rest of what I'm about to read, you got to get verse 21. If you can't submit to God, if you can't submit in fear to God, the rest of this will mean nothing. So it's getting, remember what I always said, and I'm strong on that, it's getting this right first. And I, you know I'm a sticker on that. We can get everything around us okay, but no, this has to get right. Because I look, if you're free within, then nothing can bind you without. But if you're bound within, then everything without can bind you. If you've overcome certain things, then you're free. Amen? Now, so submitting to one another in the fear of God. Verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, also as Christ is the head of the church. And he's the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. If you read this, this looks like God wants you to shut up and the guy needs to beat the living daylights out of you and you better just keep it. And that's a tradition, by the way, it's all over the world. It's not just in America, it's all over the world. Okay, now let's get this bride up. Let's get the bride up. Let's get the bride to come up, okay? Because we have to understand that there is a difference between a bride and a wife. 
So we have D here. He's the husband. He's the, put it this way, he's the groom. There's also a difference between a groom and a bride. A groom and a husband, a bride and a wife, and we're going to see. So the bride comes, and let's go back to the Old Testament. We're not going to go there and read it, but uh, you can help your bride up. So D represents the groom. Josie represents the bride. Now, I should have actually had her fully covered, but I did this for a purpose, and I'm going to stay outside here. Because in the Old Testament, and this is what we need to understand, okay, everything you see going on physically, are you here? Everything. Look, I'll give an example. And I know we're back to this again, but it's spiritually. Trump said he's going to move whether you're going to the, the embassy to Jerusalem. Everybody's mad. Oh, the Palestinians. But Iran is killing their own people. Are you all here? They're, I mean, they had a, a thing a few weeks ago, and they're going, sending out these guards and killing them. Ain't nobody get mad because the devil is a slickster. When it comes to God, we get mad. God says no matter how imperfect a Jew is, still, he still loves them. Become about to come to us because you are imperfect and God still loves you. God says, no matter what the Jew has done, I'm still married to them. He said, I never divorced them. Come on, church. He has never done that. I know there are teachings. I know Israel backslid. I know they've gone away from God. I know they missed the covenants. I know they don't have Jesus. Look, I'm not a pro-Israel guy. I'm a pro-Jesus guy. But Jesus still loves them because Christ died for all. Jew and Gentile. Paul says, you being a Jew or you being a Gentile. So here we have the Jewish aspect of it. God has never divorced Israel. That's his bride. But she's veiled. Get it? She's veiled. He's still the groom. Bride and groom. And this, in this marriage, you just little thing you saw a while ago, there's no change in what's about to happen because that's his bride. He sees this. I mean, I don't know about now, but when he first got that, he walked down the aisle in the church, he went, wow, every groom does. And she went, wow. And everybody, you get what I'm saying to you? So you never can take away from the wedding. You got to have a wedding before you have a husband and wife. But in the wedding, you don't have a husband and wife. You have a bride and a groom, and they're different. Amen? So Josie, and she has to go back to teach class soon, <laughs> one of her classes, okay? Josie is veiled. In the Old Testament, the Torah, okay, she has a sample in her hand, God had veiled the bride. Remember what I said to you one time, to God we're unveiled, to the people we should be veiled. But today's change, other women are unveiled out in the street and showing every part of their booty. But then at home, the husband, the true husband, says, can I get a kiss? I'll forget you, dog. That's what we do to God. Oh, yeah, you're going to love this message. That's what we do to God. Out in the street, we're showing it to everybody. Look at me. Look, 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 look. I need attention. Nobody gave me love. Look, look. See me? I'm sexy. Yeah, boy, we're preaching good now. But in the house, God says, come here. Come here. We think I'm. And, uh, that's some anger issues that need to be dealt with God and you. So the bride is veiled. The bride has always been veiled. Amen? Come on. But the groom looks at his bride and realizes this is history. Come on, church. History. Oh, come on. Did you get it again? History. Hallelujah. So in the Old Testament, the bride, God has never changed his heart when it came to the bride. Revelation says, I say a new heaven and new earth. And what? Coming down on Jerusalem as a bride adorned. We're not fully the wife yet. We're getting there. 
That's why the body is called the bride of Christ, not the wife of Christ yet. All through the Bible, we're the New Testament, we're the bride of Christ. Why? Because what happened? And I'll get to that. I don't want to get ahead of myself for the next part of it. But you have to have a marriage before you can have a husband and wife. You can't have a non-marriage and have a husband, which is what we're trying, which is what Satan has done. Because the first institution that God established was marriage. What's the thing that you fought the most? What's the thing that Satan hits the most? It's always marriage and womb. It all, and the thing he attacks most is the woman. And here's what I found out why. She was not deceived. She willfully gave in, and to this day, she still pays a price. He attacks her body, he attacks her womb, he attacks every part of her, and then he attacks the man. And he makes the man become the attacker. Because remember, beloved, in the garden, they were one together. Adam and her moved together. They were always together, always. They all, are y'all here? They were together with the tree, together with the fruit. Are y'all here? Okay, and Adam didn't take a stand. We understand that, but that's not our issue this morning. What I'm saying to you is it's the bride of Christ. There's a bride. We're still the bride, but we're not the wife yet. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, give the Old Testament bride and groom a good hand. Yeah. Now let me read this to you as they go down. Let me read this to you because this is very important. Again, let's look at it one more time. Submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Listen to those who are watching, those who are listening to me, those who are married, those who were married, those who would plan to get married again. You will never have a proper marriage. And by the way, nobody does. I didn't say a perfect marriage. God knows that your marriage will never be perfect. God knows the dude ain't perfect and the woman ain't perfect. He knows that. Okay? Amen. Everybody wants their own thing. In every marriage, you're going open to go for it. But then there's, oh, man, I need my thing. I need my thing. So here's what I'm saying to you. Very important. So there must be a submission. Are you all here? There must be a submission and fear for God before there can be a submission for each other. And he's asking both to submit even though it's done in a different way. Now, look at verse 22. Wives, submit. So if you look at this now, if you take out verse 21 and you just read 22, this whole scripture looks like, yeah, what it is is the man is a top dog. And a, well, you know what? He is the boss, but he's not the boss. I give an example. A true boss in the job is not to get into your personal life. A true boss in the job is to make sure you run for the company properly and bring profits. Whatever you do at home, <laughs> as long as you don't bring it here, that's a boss. Got it? You understand what I'm saying to you? Okay. So wives, submit to your own husbands. Notice this word is own husbands. Why do you say submit to your husbands? The word own comes from the word owning, belonging to. So you see, now we're switching, watch now, from bride and groom to now husband and wife. There's a big difference. Bride and groom is a ceremony. Bride and groom are immature. Bride and groom don't know each other. They think they do. This thing, I live for 20 years and now, yeah, and you marry the next day and you realize a demon come alive or something comes alive and you realize, okay, we've all, some of you have done it. Don't look at me. Some of you have done it. And the word, reason why God is adamant, for those who are watching all you politically correct idiots, so they are out there why God's adamant. God, are well, you trying to push religion? No, not religion. I'm pushing fact. Because every man and woman, look all through the stars. All the big uh, people, all, all people who are sitting here, every man and woman, including myself, that has any sexual relationship before marriage, I'm telling you right now, it means nothing if you're not careful without God when marriage comes in. It means nothing. Because you've never known the purity of who you are as a woman and who you are as a man. Because Satan said you got to sell it. Well, he's really saying the greatest pimp in the world is the devil. But God says there's nothing to sell. Satan doesn't have daughters and he doesn't have sons. 
even though Jesus is God has sons. And there's one, daughters are sons to God. It's the same thing. Amen? So if he doesn't have sons and daughters, if you don't know how to raise a kid, how are you going to raise a kid? When I was young, I could tell my mother how to raise me until I got older. Everybody thinks it's easy. I'm talking about actually raising, not having babies. Anybody can have children. In fact, most of us had it because it was a mistake, an accident. Really? Okay? Verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands. Wives, submit to the husband you own as to the Lord. See, Paul draws something inside. I don't want you to forget at the end. As to the Lord. You can see it there in Spanish. The same way you said, now, those who are not married, you say, this is not for me. Yes, this is for you because we're talking about you submitting to God now. Because not only are you married now if you're a husband and wife, but you're also married to God because we're the bride of Christ. Okay? So you submit as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. Not boss, not top dog, not dictator. He's the head. Headship means is you see him first. You see my head on my... Look, would you want to cut your head off? No, because your head's running your body. And I know some crazy things going on up there, but your head is still running your body. You need your head. Your head tells your body. Not, do, do you ever, have you ever heard your brain say to your hand, moving the hand, saying, no, I ain't moving, sucker, make me move. That's not headship. That's flesh. Come on, folks, I'm going to, I'm going to home run in this. Thank you. Amen? Headship. Headship. Even the pastor in the church, I should never try to, and I don't, try to um, manipulate. I don't manipulate in love gospel. I don't manipulate in the services. Some people love manipulation. So I'm just telling you my experiences, beloved. I sat under that. I don't like it. I want that man to be real. Not perfect. He's going to not, I want him to be real. He might not get everything right. And I want him to be down home. And if he, if he it doesn't allow him to shake his hand, I'm not going to lose after that either. Because I sat in a church like that one time for a number of years, large church. And I didn't go for the man. I went because God sent me there. Yeah, but the man, no, 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 I didn't go for the man. I went because, yeah, but the man, no, 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 I didn't go for the man. How many people got to shake Moses' hand? Not many. Uh, amen? So what I'm saying is, it's not, I, I don't want to manipulate a service and say the right words because there are some Pentecostal words I can say that you can jump out of your seat right now and say, glory! I'm not into manipulation, I'm into truth. Manipulation lasts five minutes inside you, you go through the door, and then that's the end of that. You want truth to stand against the works of darkness. And one reason I'm finding out in our church, let me just say this. Uh, had sent me yesterday something I was going to get with him on it, but we can get, I'll talk to him later. That one thing I've learned with our church is this. I'm just saying, not that we're any different. We're a church, okay, is that people come to love gospel, people you invite all over, balcony, back row, whatever, overflow, whatever you want to call it, all the faith stuff, okay, and they come, and you go like, hey, you're going to come back? Yeah, I like it, but here's the problem. The problem is not they don't love love gospel church. The problem is not that there's a problem with love gospel. The problem is the preacher. You know the problem with the preacher? He tells it like it is. And people don't like that. We're living in a nation right now that would rather live on welfare than go out and make millions. We're living in a nation now that doesn't care anymore. I need this, I need it. I mean, come on. I mean, the whole Martin Luther King phone is walking down the middle of it when they know they're not like him. He had a dream. Where's your dream? See, people don't like that. Come on, folks. People don't like that type of teaching because, you know, he had a dream. But well, where's your dream now? It's your turn. He released seed to you now. Where's your dream? Well, no, nah, I want a welfare dream. He said, rise up. He said, we're going to come together. We ain't coming together. We're still we're, we're on both sides of the fence. We're just separating. You know, are you here? And now they're trying to push politically correct. I get sick of that, too. Politically correct commercials. I'm tired of black girl and a white guy. I'm tired of that stuff. Because they're trying to force something on us. Are you all in the house here? They're trying to force something that's not there. Amen? 
Let people work it out. Now, don't get me wrong. We have certain laws, and nobody should step on nobody, but I'm, they're trying to bring things in there. You have bad cops, but you also have good cops. So you don't throw everything in the basket, amen? You got bad black folks, good black folks. Bad white folks, good white folks. Are y'all in the house here? Bad Spanish folks, good Spanish folks. You don't pour everybody in pot and make a law for everybody for the good and bad. You got to follow this. And that's the reason I'm believing, beloved. Are you, are you in this house? That we're the same thing with the word of God. God is not biased. He deals with all. Now, he deals with us differently, but he treats us all the same. The love is still the same. But if you live in a certain part of a house, that's your room. It's different than if I live. But it's the same house. Hallelujah. So I'm finding out people just don't want truth. But you know what? I got to preach truth for my own life because guess what? You may never love me now, but one day you say, man, the truth is right on. That's the key. Because the truth that Satan takes away because truth is life, life is truth. Why do you get hurt when people tell you lies? In the beginning, you accept it. And I find that when people, I know I'm going to a little rabbit trailer, but I want to draw it out. I find when people, women are big in this too. They don't want to hear a lie. You tell them a lie, they're okay. But the moment they hear the truth, you lie. Why do you get hurt then if it's no big thing? Because there's something about truth that you need that makes you live and breathe by it. Or you can move by it. Amen? Because truth is the motivating force that moves you and lets you overcome. Satan has no truth. Jesus said he's the father of lies. And there is no truth in him. So he loves lies and hypocrisy and manipulation and deception, and, but not God. God loves truth. You want to make God happy? Be true for God, I sinned. Be true for God, I messed up. Be true for God, I'm mad like hell. Be true for God, I hate my husband. Be true for God, I hate my wife. Be true for God, I hate my pastor. Be truthful, hallelujah. Be truthful to God, and God will set you free. But say, oh, no, I love my pastor. I die for him. I go out and then just die. And the pastor, everybody leave. I'll be the only one. All these people are going to leave. All the balcony over can leave. I'll be the only one here with you. Now, if you believe that one, okay, let's go on here. That's manipulation. God doesn't want that. So it's wives submit to your own husbands, own, owning, as to the Lord. The same way you submit to the Lord, you submit to your own husband. Will God beat you? No. Will God cheat you? No. Will God abuse you? No. Okay, let's go on here. I think that's a good, okay, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. Okay, Robert, you can come up. Verse, 30, verse 24. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands. Now, I asked Robert and Sonny to do this, and Robert represents the church today. He represents Christ today. There is nothing, and I'm not talking about Robert himself, there's nothing beautiful. And, it's all how D was decked down. Even me, I decked down purposely. But Robert standing beside me, if we went for a Wall Street job, he might get it. I don't know. But I think I would get it first if I did the right words. I'm just saying, you know. This is what Christ is today. There is no appeal on Jesus except the purity of God. So let's bring your bride out. So now we have the New Testament bride. We have the Old Testament bride. The Old Testament bride is veiled. The Old Testament bride is a covenant that God made with Israel. And then he told them later on, I would never divorce you. Amen? And he never has. God has never divorced them. Despite their problems, he's never divorced them. God said in the Bible hundreds of years ago, a thousand years ago, that that land belongs to him. No Palestinian, no, not even Jew, it belongs to him. And God chooses who goes there. Like, this is, this is our church. You know, not gonna, nobody going to come in and be rough in our church. He goes, ah, go someplace else, man. Don't be coming here with that. Because this is, you get what I'm saying? Amen? So here we have the New Testament bride, but she's not veiled. 
So let's look at this next thing. Stand there for a moment. And since you all have nothing to do, you have to stand there the whole time. <laughs> let's look at this next slide here. What is the bride? And I even, hopefully I did my Spanish right with it. A bride is a woman about to be married or newly wed. She's committed to a marriage. Watch this now. A bride is committed to a marriage, but she's not committed in a marriage. That's a wife. A bride is taken up with all the celebrations, how she looks. In fact, these two ladies, it was hard to get them to get like this. Don't they look beautiful? But my God, it took an act of Congress. Phone calls and, and poor husbands, man. I mean, they didn't, you know what I'm saying? It's like an act of con. Things like, this is the best you're going to get. That's a bride. <laughs> so the bride is what? She's, and I'm just saying this, uh, she's committed to marriage, but she's not committed in the marriage. A lot of marriages only stop at the, the, the bride and groom. She's committed. Watch where we're going. Then there's the wife, the woman, the household leader, subject to her husband. See, the wife is the household leader, subject. Subject means humbly. You need to do that. <laughs> humbly. Get it? Humbly before her husband. She's doing it because she does it to the Lord. In the Old Testament bride, nothing wrong with it, but in the Old Testament bride, it was by law. In the New Testament, it's by Christ. So the bride is the most beautiful thing you can see. In fact, in many ways, the bride is more beautiful than Jesus. I'm going to prove this to you. And people say, oh, you're trying to say, because you see, we have this supernatural thing in our head. You're trying to say, the moment we mention that, well, yes, you're superior to God. No, the bride is beautiful because the Bible says so. The Bible says she's a beautiful bride. She's seen by all. She's not. That's why I tell you about living the right life. I know we're not there, but if you don't live the right life, you look ugly to the world. If you live the right life, you look beautiful to the world. The, the, bride, listen, the world is not going to see Jesus first unless it's a, a, a real different situation. The world is going to see the bride first. It's the bride who draws you to the wedding, to Jesus. Are you here? The problem is even at Love Gospel Deeds, a lot of them you bring to the wedding, they don't want the commitment. When they come in, it sounds good. It sounds good a few days. You said, how do you like it? They said, awesome. But they don't want the commitment because for some reason, they know you're no longer going to go from beauty, but you're going to go to being a husband and wife to normal every day. And that means I got to give up some things. We've had people come to this church and say they wouldn't come back because they can't give. They're afraid to give their money to God. This is no lie. At least they're honest. We've had people come here, a guy come here one day and say, I can't come here, I'm living with seven women. Yeah, I'm just kind of putting the number out there, you know what I'm saying? Hey, at least he's honest, but he doesn't realize that here is where the victory is. What's happening? He's coming to the wedding, he loves the bride, he loves the groom, everything looks good, the whole celebration, but that commitment when it's over and they go home and living and working together, that's where it gets tough. And God says, when you come to me, you got to get committed. You can come to me, but you got to get committed. Oh, you, a lot of you just love the wedding. Ah, Holy Ghost is saying, Holy Ghost is And when you're doing all this, he's saying, commitment, commitment. That means tomorrow, when Satan comes up, you say, the Holy Ghost is in me. I rebuke you. Not, oh, my God, he's complete pastor, help me. That's a bride, not a wife. Are y'all here? That's not a wife. That's not a husband. That's a person who's just joining the wedding just for the fun of it. Love the food. I kind of love the food. Have you ever heard anybody go to a wedding and like the whole wedding? No, come on, ladies, especially you gals. I don't like this, I don't like that, okay? So, the food, okay? And the biggest thing in weddings is always the food. And the dress. Especially for you gals. Men don't care about the dress. Men don't care if the woman have a dress. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. But it's true! 
<laughs> no care. I mean, left to some men, they'd like to have a private wedding. <laughs> hey, baby, let's just do honeymoon right now. Forget about it. Okay, Lord, we do. I do. <laughs> and that's how, I want to say something. In the spirit realm, that's how some people see God. And listen, out of respect, they want to have a honeymoon with God, but not have a marriage commitment to God. They want to go on love of God and, oh, God, you look beautiful. Oh, God, you, you know how to make me feel good, God. Oh, God, God, you got to understand, when you set me free, I promise you, God, this year I'm going to be free for you. I'm not going to be, oh, but we don't want a commitment. And that's what marriage, a lot of you, let me just say this, in every one of you, and if I divorced Nelly, I'd say the same thing. Every marriage takes two. Stop blaming the other one. I used to have a pastor, I sat on that, I think I told you one time. And he's here in the city. And he would tell people this. He doesn't do marriage. Uh, but he would say this. If they were divorced, he'd say, tell the people who married, go talk to the wife or the husband or the other one and just see what they say. Don't use it. Just see what they say, if you could. And you're going to get some anger in it. But there's some truth also in it too. Can I prove a point to you? Some of you have remarried. Not all of you. But you've remarried. Some of you have divorced and still have contact with the person you divorced. And you notice that since you've divorced, they're still doing the same thing, unless they got saved. The same, same thing, why you left in the beginning. But let's talk about those who are married. Some of you, you remarried, and the person, actually in many ways, not in every case, is doing better. It's like the second time around, they realize, wow. So that showed me the first time they weren't that good. All right, let's pull teeth on this one. They weren't that good. So here I'm saying to you, you have a bride and you have a wife. Well, who's, the, who's the, what's the wife? She's the household leader. She's subject to the husband, groom. And I hope that Spanish words are right, but I got it from, the, from Google, and it can't be wrong. Okay? There are people in Google who know more than you in Spanish. Okay, look, at, I'm getting back to this couple here. You, you, don't you just love to be beside here? Okay, just stay there. All right. Okay, groom, suitor. It's a disciple. A groom is married or newly. He's a, he's a disciple. He has not been discipled yet in marriage. He, that's what the word means. He's a disciple. Get him saying he needs to be discipled. He needs to be led in marriage. It's like when people get saved, they think they know God. You know, the beautiful thing about you when you first got saved, you would win anybody. The problem I've learned after you get saved a few years, you don't win nobody anymore. We're all like that. Remember when you first got saved? Man, you couldn't go into Home Depot or McDonald's and they want to get you out of there. You know Jesus? Can I pray for you? Where you come from? You see a couple of arguing, hey, hey, God has the answer. I'll punch you out. It's okay, God still has the answer. Now, hey, can you tell me about Jesus? Who? When you first got saved, my God, you'd preach to a pole. You would want me to shut up and get out of here because you got to go down the road and tell people about Jesus. Why? Because you're a disciple. You've got that zeal in you. But what happens is then the Holy Spirit comes along now and removes the zeal for anointing. And now the anointing gives you wisdom. Sometimes you were right. Not everybody had to tell, hello, Jesus. That's not true. Jesus didn't. He passed thousands of people every day and didn't say a word. But he zoned in on those that the Holy Spirit was ready for. The problem with us now is that we don't know who the Holy Spirit is ready for because we're not committed. At least before we tried and if it backfired. So here what we have here, here's the groom. He's a disciple. You get it? He's newly wed. He's got to grow. Some men stay grooms for 20 years. Some men are married bachelors. Some women are married bachelorettes. They're married, but they act like... And I was like that with my wife. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean running with women. I was not, never like that, that. That died me when I had Christ in my life. Amen? No man, no man, no man that I know of 
at this point, has been more faithful than my wife than me. Not perfect. Didn't say I didn't have time to take up. Hmm, nice there. I wish Nelly would dress like that. See, that's resilience. We need resistance. So now I resist. Hey, man, you can't deny beauty. I mean, my wife is older right now, but when we get home and she changes, she looks the same to me. Y'all didn't get that one. She's different than when she was at 25, but she still looked the same to me. Are y'all in the house here? Remember when she was... Never mind. All right, let's go on here. So, so the groom is a suitor, married or newly wed, okay? Husband now. Oh, he's a steward. He's the dweller. He's the family head. He's the household manager. That's what a man is supposed to be like, a household manager. Not I walk in, I'm the king of my castle. No, 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 wrong castle. And you don't have no soldiers to help you when they come up against you. Okay, but he is the what? He is the manager. He manages. You know, some people are good bosses and some bosses suck. Plain English, you know how they got it. They bought their way, sold their way, slept their way. But they got there somewhere and you're going, no way. But some, even some who did sleep their way too, they're good when they come. Some people are great managing people. Some people are terrible. Some people are micromanagers. I'll breathe like a crocodile. Okay, that's a micromanager. No, but some people, they just, you do it and they let you move on with it. Amen? So what I'm trying to tell you this here, the husband is a house manager. Okay? The word submit, I got to hurry up on this. The word submit means to place under control. The woman willfully, willingly, not by dominance, not by fear, she willingly says, Lord, this is the man I married. This was my groom. It's now my husband. I'm now going to submit under him. I know he ain't perfect, but I'm still going to submit under him in certain areas. But if he ever breaks the rule of God, where it brings harm, where it brings sexual promiscuity, are you in the house here, church? If, if, if the marriage is only built for a relationship, for arrangement that ain't a marriage it has to be built on God ain't nobody don't want the bride I mean, every husband every groom wants the bride because remember when that woman's coming in she's thinking long term I found the man I love when that man is standing he said boy 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 I got me sex for the rest of my life and six weeks into it sometime two days sometime before, right in the honeymoon sometime in the limousine going to the hotel or whatever something happens Remember when I, when I used to come home, Nella used to be ready. One time I came home, she was cooking in some different type of clothing. And, I, and, and, and then she put the food down. How am I going to eat the food? I'm a man. Here you go, honey. We're men. Ladies, I'm not putting you down. I said, we're men. Hello. We're wired a little bit different, okay? I mean, we're wired by see, touch, feely, you know what I'm saying? Kissy, hoggy, more hoggy, smells. Get it? We're men. By looks. Hallelujah. We're so wild you can put a dress on a broomstick and we'll look. Oh, what's a broom? You get it? You can put a dress on a cow and we'll look. Are you all here? Amen? Say, man, great horns, but man, you know. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? It's the way God has wired us. Amen? And women are emotional. It gets ready from 10 o'clock the next day. Come on, y'all know this. You know, guys are like, come on, baby, let's go. No, hey. You're not going to rub me? You're not going to tell me good things? Read me a story. Read your story. Have you been down that road? <laughs> Read me a story. One time, I'll be honest, I said, baby, she said, give me a massage like a massage person. I don't like massage. I don't give massages. Go get your granddaughter. <laughs> Force me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why, women have to be built up. They have to. Yeah, come on, church. 
I think I'm the only, I, okay, let me preach to y'all. Y'all get, I hope you learn out of this. Women have to be, they have to be, they have to be put in the mood. And anything can throw the mood off. It can be getting ready, boy. You're about to light the fireworks and you just say the wrong word. Uh, do, do you have to sit like that? Did, why didn't you comb your hair? Look, boy, dog, you get whatever you get, okay? That's what I'm trying to get to, beloved. Listen to me, beloved. Listen, I'm not trying to make your sex life better. Only God can do it in you because the bed is on the file. And when the church gets into that, it's too much. The church is getting too far into that now. And when the government gets in, it's worse. God ain't called the government to get into your bedroom. Don't agree with a lot of things that are going on, but God didn't call the government to get in anybody. Even if it's two gay guys, he didn't call the government to get into their bedroom. We're going to places that God doesn't even go out of respect. So what I'm trying to tell you, this is intimacy. So he's the head, leading. I want to get these words out here. Savior, deliverer. He delivers his family. He's the first responder. That's what that word deliver is. He delivers. Now, ladies, you have your part here because remember, he manages the house, but you run the house. That doesn't mean run boss. Amen? That's why husband and wife, basically, when you're building and you're doing things, I've learned, and I've learned now, Whatever Nelly wants. If we build again, Nelly can build a house on top of a tree, twisted up, upside down. As long as I can live in it, I live in it. I'll sit outside. Are you finished? Okay, cool. If she wants the, the living room pink with green, pink with green, I'll get over it. There's a price you pay for everything. <laughs> Nothing comes free. If you want kisses, you'll have me do it. And we do as men. Because you ain't going to get better. Can I just say something to you? Some of you are married right now. There's nothing better out there. You think there is? <laughs> you might marry a witch, a demon. That's what I mean. Be careful. The demons out there want to marry you and mess you up. They're looking for you, boy. <laughs> Come on. So we understand that he's what? The, the word is submit, to place under control. You place, will, willingly. The word is head, leading, a continual leading. Not a leader when he feel like it. Like, woman, where my food? My mama used to cook for me, then go back to your mama. You know, that's okay. Savior. That's one thing I had no problem with Nelly. Nelly loves to cook, boy. Amen? I know some of y'all. Okay, all right. Savior, deliverer. Not everybody's a cooker. There's no place in the Bible that says a woman has to cook for the man. But at least buy him a hamburger. <laughs> or go get him a donut with a, you know, the orange juice. Say, here, honey. You know what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Deliverer. I'm going to finish up with y'all in a minute. Hold on. He is a deliverer, a rescuer. The word subject means under control or dominion. So let's go back to that thing. I read this and then I'm going to release it in a minute. So wives, wives submit. Place yourself under your husband willingly as to the Lord, just like you do it to Jesus. For the husband is leading the wife and his family, added in, just as Christ is leading the church. Are you this now? He is the deliverer, the first responder of the body. If you need help, you call Christ. If you need breakthrough, you come to Christ. If a, if a family needs help, they call the husband. Amen? The government is not our husband. The pastor is not your husband. He's got his own wife. It's the man who, and if you're not married, then you become the head of the home, but you can work this, but let Christ be the head. Are you all here? Therefore, just as the church is subject, willingly again, here we go, to Christ, so let wives be willing in everything, and that everything doesn't mean bad things. Are you in the house here, church? Let me read this next one to you, because time is going. And I tell you, okay, let me read this next scripture here. So, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. So if we're the body of Christ, 
So Robert loves his wife just like his own body. Watch this now. It doesn't say husband love your wife's body. I knew we were going to go down this road, man. This is, this is the place I told the Lord last night I don't want to go. He said, well, you're going to go there. It's nothing against it. It's the, just like you look after you. I know some of you don't, but anyway, you do, okay. Whatever you consider you is. Love their own wives as their own bodies. Not love their wives and their wife's body. Nothing against the body. He said, love their own wife. And he who loves his wife loves himself. So when a man does not love you, he doesn't love himself. And that's why we have so much psychos today, so much pill popping, so much counseling, and it's not getting better. Do you see it getting better? No, I don't either. It's not getting better. We're worried, and even though I know it's bad, we're worried about opiates when we got a whole inner city full of drugs. Are y'all here? We're, not, we're worried about all this coming up, but we got them coming across the border with drugs. I'm not against it. Listen to me good. I ain't going to get into the immigration thing for some of y'all holy people. But you try and sneak into Iran or Russia. Well, America's a place for everybody, but do it right like I did. I'm, a, I'm American citizen. I'm not born here. I got the paperwork. I did it right. So what makes you any different? And nothing against you if you are here illegally. We still love you. Or those who are born here, you did it right. But you're so full of pride and so rebellious because God would say, do it right. Because I know people who got saved after they came here illegally, went and got saved, went and got legal. Something in their heart changed. They don't have to. And we're not against illegal people, but I'm saying to you, do it right. I did it right. I had to go through the paperwork. I had to get the green card. I had to go before the court and do my thing, and now I've got my paper. I was happy to say I'm a citizen. Are y'all here? Just like marriage, do it right. Oh, yes, that's why they don't say it, love gospel. Can't be shacking up and think it's going to be right. Mm. Oh, pastor, you always go down that road. That's why, that's, why, that's why they ain't screaming in the balcony. Okay, well, don't scream. No, no, no. You want to be right in God. If you say, listen, I'm not talking to people who are not saved. They don't understand what I'm saying because their minds are blind. I'm talking to born-again Christians. I'm not talking to a woman here whose husband is not saved or a man here whose wife is not saved. Different. I'm talking to born-again believers, people who love God, who stand by the word of God, who say, God, will follow you like the children of Israel. God, your word is right. Who read his word every day, who hears the Holy Spirit speaking to you. How can you be allowed to do some of these things politically, physically, emotionally, that's wrong and accept it and say it's a norm of the way when God says no! How could you? They're worried about the tax law now, people can't give. You don't give to get a credit, you give because you love God. If you never got a credit, don't get credit in other countries. Often I broadcast into a country, into countries yesterday, there was a couple listening to us from Iran. They were secret listening. And those people are saying, look, they get up in the morning, put their life on the line to hear two southern Texan, whatever you want to call, soul brother and, and white brother, talk to them from all the way from New York, from, from Texas here. Listen, beloved, why? They, if they put their life on the line, there's something they see about God that's worth it. And some of us don't see God as worth it. I'm telling you, beloved, husbands ought to love their wives. So when Jesus sees the bride, here's the key. You see how these two are close? I'm going to let them sit in a minute and bring up the message to a close. You see how they're close? She still remembers him for one thing. Not for the day that she walked down the aisle, but for him being her husband. He don't care how he dressed. I mean, that might be sometime. I know she bugs him, but anyway. But he's concerned about her. In fact, as, believe me, as men, we're more concerned. Because y'all got goods. 
I mean, we got some, but y'all got a lot. <laughs> but what do you want me to tell you? Y'all look at me like I'm crazy. Y'all got goods. God gave you goods. He, she loves him exactly for who he is. The bride, the, no, no, the wife loves Christ for who he is. Amen? He, the wife loves Christ, and Christ loves the wife for who she is. Honestly, ladies, it would look good if you dress up sometime and smell good sometime. But sometimes we really don't care because we love you anyway. Are you all here? Sometimes it really doesn't matter. Amen? You've been down that road. All right, never mind. He's young. Sabrina, leave here, please. You don't want to lie to you. Do you all understand what I'm saying to you, beloved? This is the body of Christ. This is the wife that Christ wants us to be. He looks at her and he says, wow. Whether she's dressed or not, she's still my gal. You cross her, say something wrong to her, and say how quick. Even if she come one day, like sometimes she come here sometime on Friday with her hair looking like she, never mind, like, and, and, and glasses like she went through a, a storm, and just cross her and see what this man do. And vice versa. You mess with the people that love gospel as a pastor and see what I do. I don't allow the pastor to mess with you. No, no, I don't believe that stuff, man. Don't come here and be beating up my people. We're family, thank you. Thank you, come on. Listen to me, church. Let's bring it down to a close. It's just so awesome. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church. God is not, what is nourishing? Giving us word, giving us power. For we are members of his body and of his flesh. They're members of each other and of his bones. Marriage is a connection. And if you're not married and you're with Christ, when you get born again, I'm using this also, you get connected. You become, Christ becomes part of your bones. You get what I'm saying spiritually? He connects with you. We are possessed with Jesus. And so we can't do certain things. I like it here in the blue. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. What is marriage? It's joining Many years ago, Nellie and I went to revival, and the man of God preached, people are married but not joined. And the same thing you find in the church. People are married to God, but they're not joined. Every little thing throws us off. I know we have responsibilities. So do I. Hello? I mean, we went through a freeze this week. I had to go fix my pipe. I couldn't call you. Not that I couldn't, but I had to go figure, get another pump, money I didn't have, because we live out there in the boonies, you know. Amen? So I had a problem, but I'm not going to bring it out there. I just did it, click, 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 put it together, and... You know, I shouldn't be digging dirt or going down there. Well, next time, call us. Well, if you could get out there. You know what I'm trying to say to you? We all have problems. My wife and I never have arguments. Never. Not like y'all always fighting. We don't have them problems. I don't have no financial problems, man. Y'all give so much, I don't know what to do, man. I got 10 Rolls Royces. People believe that now. In the garage because y'all just so give. Dora just bought me a jet the other day. I don't know what else to do now. I don't know what else to do with the money. You know what I'm trying to say to you? We all have problems. We all go through ups and downs. We all go through headaches. But we break through. Why? Because, well, why? Because we're connected. We're joined to God. We didn't join to him just because we wanted to. We joined him because we want to be uniquely different. And we knew that he's the only answer for our lives. And guess what? And it's weird. We love somebody that... Nobody can see. In fact, as beautiful as they were here, they love God more than they love themselves. Are y'all here? Because we love someone that no one. Are y'all in the house here, church? Love gospel. It's time to start rubbing up. You got to be like that church. Start breaking up now. Stop being so, so particular. Y'all look like a bunch of North Side folks. We, 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 are y'all here? We love him because he joined to us and we joined to him. This is the God we serve. Verse 31. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one. Uno. When you came to Christ, you became one with Christ. 
You became one with him. Verse 32, last verse here. This is a great mystery. It's not a mystery anymore. Look at it. Mysterio. No, it's not. Because he already told us what a marriage is. He's just saying, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. I mean, how people say, well, marriage is a mystery. We don't know. The Bible tells you. He just told us in the first few verses what marriage is. And people are getting that wrong. Oh, well, that's not what he meant. No, no, that's what he meant. Marriage is very simple, just exactly what he said. He's just saying it's a great mystery to the world and to people. But to us, it's not. Why? Because I've given you the revelation. And mystery means, let me just say, every mystery can be solved. Every mystery movie you see, there's always a solve. That's why you don't like a mystery movie when nobody's solved. Isn't it right? You leave a movie theater and go, that kind of, wow, what happened? Didn't catch him? Everybody loves a love story. You ever notice? The guy always gets the girl. When he doesn't get the girl, you get mad in the movies. You do. Man, Iron Man, Iron Man, I mean, Pepper finally got Iron Man. Took him two episodes, two movies to do it, but he finally, I mean, I knew it from a long time. Are y'all here? Amen? So this is the, some of you understand what I'm saying, this is the great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular, he's back to this again, so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects, the word is reverence, her husband. There's a difference. You cannot respect if you don't reverend. It's the same thing with Jesus. You're single, you reverend Christ. He's reverend Jesus to you. In fact, he's the only reverend. You respect Jesus. You honor him. In fact, the only reason why you serve that husband sometimes is because of Jesus. Because if it was for him, no way. The only reason why you get up and come to church is because of Jesus. It ain't for me. If it's for me, no wonder you're struggling. It's for Jesus. Because you're telling Jesus, Jesus, as my, hu as my husband or my wife, I'm coming here for you. I do this for you. It's not easy sometimes on Mondays, right? It's not. You come in tired. You come in dragging. Things to be done. Amen? But you come because why? It's not easy to come on Friday. It's not easy to come on Sunday. It's not easy to come any. Let me just say this. God could have made the day Tuesday morning at 12 noon. It'd still be hard. I don't care what day you make, it would have been hard. It would have never been easy. This is a beautiful thing, church. And I pray some of you understand the, the sanctity of marriage. I pray you understand it links, it links up. Without Christ, you don't have a marriage. In other words, this whole thing we've gone through, it came from Christ. This is the way God sees us. God is married to us. There's a big wedding coming for all of us one day, but he's married to you. And God is not a groom, he's a husband. Because it says in Revelation, closing with this, when the, when the, when the uh, New Jerusalem was coming down, as it was coming down, it says, as a bride, watch this, adorned to a husband. Why didn't it say a bride adorned to her groom? Because it's saying, if anybody's mature in this, it's God. Well, I want to take this time and thank you so much for listening to the program, listening to our recording, our podcast, as we call it, of Love Gospel Live. I want to put this forth and encourage you to go to lovegospelnetwork.com. That's lovegospelnetwork.com, where you can get more information, more messages, and so forth. Also, you can email us at lovegospelnetwork at gmail.com. That's lovegospelnetwork.com. Network at gmail.com. 
thank you so much for being a part of this message. And I know that you've been blessed by it. Hey, write us. Give us a comment. Let us know how we're doing and put your input. God bless you as we will again meet and discuss 